Locals know the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the STN Sports app today. Download and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up at any of our convenient locations. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for Vegas Nation and Blue Wire Network. Vegas Nation sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up. You're listening to Vegas Nation. It's time for Takeaways with me, Heidi Fang. The common denominator from the players has been focus and professionalism. And that's what I've gotten back from them. I've is we, We've worked too hard. We've put too much into this. We believe in Rich. And, and we're going forward. We're moving forward. Um, we respect, obviously, their rights and abilities to, to comment on the situation in any way they want. And I think they're, they're intelligent enough young men that they'll do that. So uh, the bottom line, though, I believe, is the focus is back on Denver. And I think the fact that we're 3-2, and two, and, and I think the fact that we got a young team that believes in themselves, feels like they've worked their tails off, and they want to finish this thing out the right way. You hate, you hate the action. You hate it. Um, you're not supposed to like it, uh, but you love the person. And I love the person. You know, I've, grew, I've grown to love him uh, so much. You know, we spent so much time together. We've been through so many battles. You know, we've been through so many things together. He's always had my back. Um, he's always been there for me. Um, and, and I love his family. I love his wife. I love his kids. Um, and I think that's why it's hard, you know, because you don't, he's not around. It's over. It's not, he's not going to be around. And, and that's the hard part, you know. Um, you know, that for me as a human being is the hardest part. As a football player, like I said, I got a job to do. I'm somebody that comes from the space of I want to offer somebody grace and allow them to, you know, learn from what they may have done. And that's, uh, you know, that's what I'm trying to do right now uh, for Coach because I know a lot of people wanna, may want to cancel him, but, you know, that, and I understand that what he said was, you know, uh, inexcusable. But at the same time, like, where do we offer grace for him to learn and grow and then be able to be in the circle that he was with, that, with those people that he was emailing with and be able to say, you know, that's not right and be able to say from his experience, like, I had to learn it, so now I can help these people. So that's, those are some of the things that are going through my mind. Being a, a leader on this team, these last 48 hours have been super tough um, because I know personally I've been affected. You know, it's, it's, it's been hard um, with so much going on, but I just got to do my best, you know, to keep everybody locked in, even though it's easy to read into all the articles and, you know, go in that rabbit hole. Um, you got to stay focused. You know, it's, we got, it's not like this is happening at the end of the season or something. You know, we got 12 games left. We still have the same mission, the same standard every single day. Welcome, everybody, to the Takeaways edition of the Vegas Nation podcast. It's your host here, Heidi Fang. Today, I'm joined by the Athletics Raiders writer, Tashawn Reed. We're going to talk about all things happening here with the John Gruden situation. It is a late edition here, but I had to make sure that I got all the sounds from today's press conferences. Right off the top there, you heard from general manager Mike Mayock, then quarterback Derek Carr, then tight end Darren Waller, and then defensive end Max Crosby, all sharing their thoughts on what's transpired with the Raiders headquarters and facility since John Gruden's resignation. 
Uh, before I welcome to Sean in, I want to remind everybody to hit subscribe wherever you're listening. And also, let's take a moment to thank our sponsors. First of all, we are brought to you by Station Casinos, STN Sports. Download the mobile app today and get a bonus of up to $500 when you sign up. We're also presented to you by TickPick with Blue Wire Podcasts. All right, Deshaun, first of all, welcome to the show. How has your past week been? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me. It's been short on sleep and, and high on work. So, uh, you know, these things, obviously, you know, on a serious note, they aren't they aren't fun to to cover, to write about or talk about, as you know. But, you know, it's part of our job. You know, we, we got to, you know, hop on things in these moments and, and kind of try to tell the story in the most comprehensive way possible. Right. And that's why I wanted to bring you on. You've been really covering it all here with The Athletic and doing um, a whole bunch of like work that's been insightful as far as what could be next with this Raiders team. But before I start with that end of it, I wanted to talk to you a little bit just about what did happen with John Gruden, what happened with these emails and um, just where you think this organization can really go now that all of this has happened? It's really about what's next, right? They can't undo anything. You know, they, they can't go back and, and not hire John Gruden. Uh, Mark Davis can't go back to last week and decide to, to fire Gruden on, on Friday um, when he first got all of these details. Um, but it's, re- it's really about what he does next, right? And so, um, you know, with this next coaching hire in particular um, and how that dynamic works out with, you know, general manager Mike Mayock or potentially finding a new general manager. Uh, you know, they have an interim team president right now. This is they just moved to a new city recently. You know, this is, a, this is very much so a franchise in transition. And, uh, you know, given all the things that happened with the Scruton situation, all the control that they've given him, they, they really can't afford to, to get this one wrong, you know, particularly when it comes to the, the next head coaching hire. Um, you know, obviously all the off the field stuff has to be secure. That is very obvious coming off of something like this, but they really need somebody that, um, you know, even if they aren't the flashiest name is really the best head coach available. Somebody who can, uh, you know, get this, this locker room back on track that's in flux, uh, you know, make, you know, give their, their input on, on making better personnel moves, which is something that the Raiders have struggled with as of late. Um, you know, generate a better on field product, which since 2016, you know, it hasn't been good for the Raiders. Um, and so it seemed like last time with the Gruden hire, you know, they were going for, you know, it was kind of something that Mark Davis was doing, you know, thinking with his heart, you know, he, he was a guy that had been with the franchise before and had taken him to success. He was a flashy name, you know, he, he was, a, uh, you know, one of the, the most famous coaches probably that we, we've ever had at that point. And so uh, this time it really has to be a practical approach, has to be a smart approach, has to be a sound approach. They have plenty of time to do so, obviously, with, with 12 games left in the season, but you know, I don't think it's an understatement to say this is, you know, the most important decision that Mark Davis, you know, will have had to make since since he took over as owner for, for his late father, Al Davis. And so, um, that's, you know, obviously they had to still play games this season, but, um, you know, really it's about the future, you know, and, and what's to come in, in, in the following years. Yeah, great. Well said. And then in the immediate future, you start thinking about this game, how pivotal it is for them, not just as uh, to keep over that 500 mark, but because it is a divisional opponent and because it is coming off of everything that's happened in the past week, how do they rebound? I think the world is watching, waiting to see what that product may look like come Sunday. And now with Rich Bisaccia in the, in the fold uh, as the interim head coach, how do you think this team looks once they get out onto the field on Sunday? Yeah, it's really going to have to come, you know, 
from internally in, in the locker room when it, when it comes to their motivation and their fire. I mean, Gruden was the Raiders. He was the face, face of the franchise. You know, he had complete control on, on the football side and um, they, they lost all of that. And so they're, they're really short on leadership in that department, you know, coming off a short week. Um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, you know, they had some other transitions within in the franchise. Mark Davis is obviously, uh, you know, dealing with some other things right now at this point, not to say that he, he isn't speaking to the players or, or concerned about the on, on-field product, but he has a lot going on right now as an owner. I mean, so it's really going to come down to the players, uh, you know, those, those veteran leaders, I would say, guys like Derek Carr and, and Unique Ngakwe and, and Casey Hayward and K.J. Wright, the guys that maybe they, they haven't been through this in particular. I don't, I'm not sure any player has been, but, you know, they've been in the league for a long time. They're veterans. They know how to adapt when, when negative things or, or adversity hits their way. Um, this is a really young team. You know, I think they're the fifth youngest team in the league right now. And, um, you know, a lot of those guys, I mean, you know, just getting, getting their feet wet in the league. I don't think you can expect them to, you know, become the leaders in this moment. So I really say it's on the, on the veterans in the locker room. If they are going to respond, it's going to be because those guys are able to pull the team together, motivate them, get them focused in on what their job is, which is playing football, obviously, and see if they can go out there and execute. Um, but at the end of the day, these guys are all human, right? I mean, it's, you can't, they all have emotions. Um, they're all seeing all of this stuff. They're, they're dealing with it firsthand. They're experiencing it. And so that's going to factor into some degree. You know, some guys may deal with it better than others, uh, but, but it's going to be a factor overall. And so, uh, you know, it's hard to judge the players too much for, for what happens on the field, you know, not just this week, but moving forward this season. But, um, you know, if they do somehow turn this thing around and, you know, I mean, they, they're coming off a two game losing streak anyway before all this happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so if they're able to turn this around, I think it's really going to come from internally in the locker room. Yeah. And when you think about the Bears game and just flashing back to that for a minute, because you do bring up some of the things that a young team has to struggle with. Well, you know, Gruden had spoken with them on Friday leading up to that game. And you saw a lot of missteps, I think, from not just the offensive line that we know needs a lot of work, but from some of the other players failing uh, to go through with the route that might have been in, you know, needed to be in play. And so I'm thinking just, you know, how much do you feel like that may have actually had an effect on them when they played on Sunday? And like you mentioned with the need for getting guys like, well, I think Casey Hayward and KJ Wright are the most tenured players on the team. When you think about, uh, in terms of experience and years, but you know, what you touched on it there, what it will take for them to shake out of it. But, um, do you think you see a repeat at all of what happened on Sunday with this team coming off of all of this stuff? It's possible. I think they have more clarity this time around. Obviously, with Gruden not being here anymore, they know Rich Versace is going to be their, their head coach, you know, most likely for the remainder of the season. Um, they're familiar with him. He's been with the franchise for a few years now. Um, you know, as a special teams coach, he's a guy that, you know, as a special team coordinator, you, you interact with almost every position group on the, on, on the team besides, you know, maybe quarterback. Um, and, and so, obviously, they're, they're all familiar with him and, and what he brings to the table. But um, you know, this can go one of two ways. I mean, they can continue to fall flat and, and have focus issues um, or can kind of rally them. You know, I mean, nothing's going to change for them for the rest of the season when it comes to, you know, the coaching staff and, and, and things of that nature. You know, you know, we as journalists, we look forward. But like I said, a lot of these guys, this is a year to year situation for them. You know, and not only are they trying to perform so that the team is successful, but trying to perform for them, their livelihood, their families to support them, you know, and, and keep their careers going. And so. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a situation where the guys just like, you know, punt on the season, you know, football isn't one of those kind of sports where you can do that, obviously, you know, you'll get hurt. Um, and so I think the passion is going to be there. Um, it's just a matter of if between them being motivated enough and then also the coaching staff being able to put this thing back together with all this, you know, midseason fallout, 
um, from a schematic standpoint, if that together, if both of them are able to perform at a high enough level for this team to be successful, we'll have to wait and see on that. But, um, you know, I think the players will be dazed a little bit, as I said earlier, you know, they have emotions um, about the whole situation. But, you know, they got to go out there and play for not just for this team, but but for themselves and the, and the ones that they care about. Then Rich Bisaccia, obviously taking over the helm right now as the interim head coach um, in the wake of all of this. I wanted to ask you, though, if you think the Raiders will start their pursuit immediately for a head coach and maybe even bring in somebody, let's say, like during or after the bye week, or if they wait out the process until next season or towards the end of the year and, and wait on it and just try to move ahead with what they have now. I think the hiring process starts now when it, in terms of compiling a list of candidates, um, figuring out what you want in the next head coach, how you're going to uh, just approach the search in general. But when it comes to actually hiring a head coach, I just don't see how that's, that's practical. Um, you know, because any, any head coach that comes in is going to want to reconfigure, or even if they don't have GM control, like they're Gruden, then they're going to want to have input on how the roster is constructed. And this roster is set for this season. And it's just a hectic way to enter the season. And, and you know, so many other of uh, the coaching candidates that they would have respectively on their list are coaching with other teams right now. They're, they're coaching, whether that's at the NFL level or at college level, um, you know, even unemployed coaches right now that, that, that could potentially become candidates. Uh, they're, they're not ready to hop into a season like this. I just, I just don't think that's, that's possible really uh, from a practical standpoint. And so, uh, yeah, I think Rich Versace is going to be in control of this thing through the end of the season. But I do think by the end of the year that the Raiders will have, you know, their, their list of candidates. They'll have a plan. They'll know what they're looking for. They know what they're in both, not just on the coach side, but also the GM side. As I spoke earlier, you know, Mike Mayock, he's somebody that his job security was questioned um, based off of results, you know, up to this point. And, and it, you know, I would assume that, you know, if there is a new head coach that has the level of power that Gruden did, they will want their own GM as well. And so, um, they have to factor in all of that. And I think that process will, will start now, obviously, and continue throughout the end of the season. But I don't think we'll see the results of it until this offseason gets here. Yeah, and you touched on that. Where does Mike Mayock go from here? It's, it's, a, it's a tough situation for him. I mean, uh, you know, but it's really up to, to Mark Davis, his level of influence in this. Because, you know, as I said, you know, John Gruden, you know, he was a final decision maker on all personnel decisions. Um, and, and so does he just give that that power to Mayock now? You know, does, does Mark yeah. Davis say that he's going to make those decisions himself now, you know, uh, in, in the way that his father used to do at, at times? Uh, you know, we don't know that yet. Um, but if, you know, if Mayock is basically held in his capacity that, that he is now, which is, you know, scouting and helping with the draft process and evaluating players, I mean, there's not really much he can do, you know, if that's all he's, you know, his role is at, you know, at, at the point that the season is here, Um you know, it's kind of on the coaching staff at that point. And so uh, if they make the playoffs somehow, you know, maybe he's fine. You know, maybe he's, you know, he's still here next year. But if things crumble and fall apart and, and some of those draft picks that he's he's helped make in recent years and some of those free agency signings, they continue to not pan out. Um, you know, it, it, it was hard to see them not just going with a clean slate moving forward. Deshaun, before I let you go, let everybody know where they can find uh, some of your more recent work and anything that you are working on right now. Yeah. So, um, you know, if you have a subscription, you can read my, my work at theathletic.com. Or if you just follow me on social, it's at Deshaun Reed. Um, I had a story, two, a couple of stories come out this morning. Uh, one was a Q&A with Art Shell, um, former Raiders player and head coach. Um, I spoke to him about the John Gruden situation, and that's up on the site now. I also went back and, and broke down the Raiders' loss to the Bears uh, because obviously there are 12 games left and this team still has to play. And so there are on the field issues as well that must be remedied if they're, if they're going to turn this thing around. And so both of those are up live on the site today. So if you want to go over and check those out, that'd be great. 
Great stuff. Well, I appreciate you coming on to Sean to help me break down some of what's happening here in the aftermath of John Gruden resigning from the Raiders and a ton of things that happened yet. Today's Wednesday as we're speaking right now in the morning. We're going to hear from Rich Basaccio for the first time. I'm going to play some of that sound for you guys here on the podcast. So stay tuned as I bring you that as well as an interview with Fred Bolitnikoff talking about his Crab Fest taking place here in Las Vegas, October 22nd, and how you can be a part of that. Thanks so much for the time, Tashan. Thanks for having me, Heidi. Locals know the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the STN Sports app today. Download and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up at any of our convenient locations. Kind of comes to mind from a personal standpoint that you think about when you got to this point now in your career? Yeah, you know, your parents come to mind. I mean, my dad was a head football coach at the New York Giants. He, he just never told anybody, you know. And um, so it's, I got five sisters. I got four kids, five grandkids. So to have an opportunity to be the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders, wow, right? So I guess really that's the only thing I'm going to get choked up about. So, um, but uh, I can't say that. I can't say that. So, um, yeah, I, again, I, I'll look forward to these, and, and I'm a, I'll be happy to answer questions as we go along. And um, appreciate your time. And, and uh, just always remember that um, uh, th these are men with families. These are men with um, jobs like the rest of us. And I just think that they're, um, they're going to do the best they can to get through whatever things that they get through. And it'll be exciting to see how we all respond, right? Players and coaches. Welcome back to the Takeaways edition of the Vegas Nation podcast. It's Heidi Fang here. And as promised, I have that interview with Fred Bolitnikoff. Now we spoke uh, kind of before all of these things started happening with John Gruden. So I uh, did not get the chance to get his take on it, but we did speak a lot about what he's doing right now with Tracy's Places of Hope, um, his foundation, the Bolitnikoff Foundation, and how they're aiming to raise money right now uh, for that that would go to helping adolescents in need uh, from substance abuse, from domestic violence, from human trafficking, all of those things that he puts his money towards from this cause. So his Crab Fest will take place here in Las Vegas for the first time at the Paris Hotel, October 22nd. And we start the interview talking about that. Well, we've been in, we've had the craft for like 20 years, but this is our first time in Las Vegas. And it's, uh, we're restarting again. And we're happy about that because it's now it's an, another adventure for us as a foundation. And we're anxious to see, you know, the, what response we get, which seems to be going pretty good right now. And hopefully it'll get better. We have a couple more weeks to go. And uh, it's good. It's all good for a good cause. You know, with our foundation, we do a lot. We do a lot to help teens, you know, girls. And, and uh, uh We've, we've been in business with our foundation now for over 20 years. It goes really well. We, we, we're a hands-on foundation where Angela and I both really, really take the foundation where we're there. You know, we go to all the events, we see the girls, we, we go to some of the, you know, some of the facilities to see, actually see the girls and spend some time with them. We, Angela gets them invited to the different events that they, they haven't ever gone to. and. 
Uh, she takes a lot of the girls to different events to, so they can experience that. If it's a football game, if it's going to the opera, if it's going to see a musical, you know, she she does that. Goes, you know, really, really spends the time because we always wanted to make our foundation a hands-on foundation where uh, it's just not somebody showing up from the foundation to be around for a couple minutes. You know, so we're really proud about doing that, and we take the time to do that because we think it's important. Because, you know, the girls really are interested to see who, who the foundation, what the foundation's about, who the people are in the foundation, and a lot of them are surprised when they find out that, you know, when we're there, that we're the ones, ones that run the foundation. And basically, Angela runs the foundation 12 months out of the year, so she's the one that really grinds it all the time, and. Uh, we get a great response. We get to see the girls at times where some were just coming in to, to the facility, you know, uh, the very, you know, maybe after a month and you can see their personalities one way and then a, a three or four months later they're a different personality. Uh, they're laughing, they're having a good time. And we want to provide a good environment for them and a place where they can call home, where they feel very comfortable and safe, number one and being able to function and get back to a part of their life that they've missed out. If it was domestic violence, drug and alcohol abuse, if they got, were you know, part of trafficking, you know, or you know, constant runaways or whatever, you know, they have an opportunity and all they're doing, we find out over the years, is that they, they just want an opportunity and a chance to go on in life and, and have, a positive, have a positive time in their life, you know, where they can grow again. You know, what, you know, an amazing thing is a lot of the girls, you know, know that they've missed out, you know, uh, part of their life is that's what I learned from my daughter Tracy was the fact that, you know, when she was an addict uh, and, and alcohol, you know, she knew that she lost part of her life for a couple of years, but getting clean and sober, she knew she could never, you know, get that part of her life back again, but she knew that she could go forward. And that was a great thing about her and with the girls, you know, all they want to do is be able to go forward. They want to know that somebody cares about them, that somebody actually really is going out of their way to make them feel good about themselves again. You know, get that self-esteem back and get that, you know, get around people that have had the same problems or similar problems and know that, you know, you're not the only one out there. You know, that there are people that, that you, you can actually get to know and be friends with and go through the program together and it makes a big difference for them you know because now they don't feel like an outcast you know they don't feel like you know I, well I'm the only one that this has happened to or I'm the only one that's had these problems you know they they respond which is great I mean it's amazing you know people you know we're very fortunate that we've had that opportunity to be around girls that you know uh, you know everybody has problems in life but I mean, some of these girls, I mean, the way they've, they've had years in their life taken away from them, I mean, it's amazing. It's, it's, uh, it's crushing. You turned um, what happened with Tracy into this wonderful cause to be able to help people. What has it meant to you to be able to do this for, like you were saying, other girls that have lost their lives? This is truly like a miracle for them. It's a godsend for them. Oh, yeah. You know, you know something? The importance... People, people don't really realize the importance. Uh, uh, it, it's, it's so important to somebody, to these girls, especially these girls, the fact that, you know, that somebody cares about them. 
You know, that's what I, I learned with Tracy. You know, when she finally got clean and sober, she really had a caring part of her that really knew that kids, young or teen girls, really needed help. And there wasn't really that much out there. And that was her passion to do and start. And then with her tragedy, you know, we just kept everything going. We created a foundation, put it in her name, and everything's built, built around what Tracy became. You know, she gave herself another chance. And she had that opportunity because somebody gave her an opportunity. And that's all they wanted. And that's what we found out with the girls that that's all they want is a, an opportunity. And somebody, somebody that cares. Somebody that, you know, when, when, you, when, you're, when you are able to sit around and be part of what these girls are going through, actually going through, you know, they can tell uh, the sincerity. You know, they, they can tell that if you're, well, wait a minute, you know, this is a bunch of BS. You know, I mean, listen, they can, they've come from a tough deal, you know, and so they've been around everything all their life, you know, part of their life anyway, and now they have an opportunity. But, you know, Angela and I, we have that passion for them. You know, we have that love for them, you know, but, but they know, and, you know, we, we've been accepted by all the girls, and, and we love it. It means the world to us. It means everything to us that, you know, we know that what we do as a foundation, raising money to help the, help the girls, you know, that people that help us get money, give us money, was our foundation that is going someplace that's successful and positive, and you can see result. And that's that's the main. That's what we want to do. Here in Las Vegas, October twenty second, the Crab yep. Fest. This is the first time it'll be here. I mean, yep. so is there a lot of excitement for that for you to try to see what it'll be like here in the city? Oh, absolutely, a absolutely. You know, I'll, I'll tell you, what, it's another adventure for us. You know, we're start. You know what? We're starting all over again. Yep. I mean, no matter what, we've been we've had a foundation for over twenty years, but you know, coming down here to Las Vegas, we're restarting again. And it's fun. It's fun going back out because we can remember what we had to do years ago when we first started. And we're doing those things again. <laughs> and, and it's like everybody, you know, because uh, we were in the Bay Area so, so many years, you know. Yeah, the money, I tell everybody, the money's staying here. It's not going anywhere else. You know, it's going to go into programs here. If it's funding other programs, good, good programs, not just any other fly-by-night program. Angela does a lot of investigating and a lot of research. Uh, we, she's doing that, and we're, we're going to find programs that fit what we are used to and seeing success, you know. And then we'll eventually get back into our scholarships, you know, for, for underprivileged kids that have had a, a tough time, that have gone through to go through school, get great grades, part of the community, have really made an effect on the school and the community and helping them with scholarships, so, you know, so they have a chance. So when they get out through the program, they have a chance, or coming out of school, somebody's there to help you, give you a little chance, you know, here's some, you know, people don't realize when you, when these kids are going through these programs, once they're done with the programs, you know, they're on their own again, you know, so that program better be pretty damn good, you know, to give it, to give them that, that, that boost, you know, to be able to give them that, their self-esteem back, get them back educated, get them back knowing what they have to do for themselves, how they have to take care of themselves. And the main thing is they find out they're important to themselves. You know, they finally start caring about themselves. 
And I've heard you've partnered also with the home uh, a builder out here to help build more for, like the Tracy's homes. Can yeah. you tell me a little bit about that? Well, that's just in that's just in the works, mm -hmm. and that takes a, a lot of effort from Angela and myself to go and start visiting people who are interested in doing that, you know, and interested in going and, and getting another Tracy's place of hope, you know, where where we can start getting kids into the program. And we've learned a lot from the program that we help now up in the Bay, well, in the Sacramento area. And so, so we know what needs to be done. You know, there's a lot of work into it. It just, you know, it doesn't happen. I mean, Angela, uh, where, where the girls are now, in Tracy's place in Loomis, California, I mean, it took years to do that. You know, so we're gonna do that. We're gonna get it done, you know. And uh, people can count when they help our foundation out financially that they're gonna see production. And it's just not handing somebody some money and say, okay, do whatever you want to do. They're going to see production. Fantastic. You see this nowadays with Darren Waller, his foundation, oh, yeah. um, the things that the different Raiders are doing as well. Mm -hmm. They're always involved here in the community. What does it mean to the Raider culture to have it continue, that you're seeing it with this new team and guys like Darren Waller that are putting out similar foundations to help mm -hmm. adolescents and at-risk youth? Oh, it means it means everything because you know something that's, that's you know what everybody wants to see people that are in a position to help the community out and especially with kids and like Darren's been through a lot of things in his life and look at the success what he's built and he he had an opportunity and he took advantage of it and he's carrying on a great foundation and people want to see that people want to see people that that have gone through something and have been successful and overcome their addiction or alcoholism, whatever it may be, and and see see them do something with their lives that they can, not only people can be happy about and say, wow, look what he did with his life or she did with her life, you know? People want to, people want to see that. People are happy to be around that. People want to see uh, that there's somebody out there helping kids. Switching gears a little bit and asking just about this football team, I wanted to get your take right now on what the Raiders are doing really well as a three-in-one team. The defense is unbelievable. The defense is, you know what? The defense reminds me of the guys I played with in the '70s. That's they're they're out there knocking people yeah. around. The first game we went to this year, that Baltimore game. That's the first thing I noticed. I said, man, these guys are flying around that field. It wasn't like this a year ago, you know, the year before. And they're just so intense, it's unbelievable, and they're playing together. And people are making plays and doing great things on defense. It's unbelievable. They're relentless. It's, it's amazing. And offense, uh, you know, how can you not like those guys on offense? <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, I, I fell in love with those receivers. You know, it's unbelievable. It's the way they're playing and the way they're working together. And and the great thing about it is they're a young group. They can play, man, they can play together for years, yeah. for years. And, you know, and I'm excluding Waller in that, too, in that whole group. And then, you know, the car has a great supporting group. And Derek, Derek does a great job, you know. It's almost like, you know what, just get the ball close to them. They'll make a catch. They'll make a play for you. And the great thing about it is these guys are making plays. And they're making plays at the right time, big time where 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 the where it's so intense, you know everybody in the stadium is okay, man. You got to pull this one off. You got to get this in. And one of them comes with the catch. Yeah. Derek makes the throw, and the guy catches the ball. Bam, they're going. You know, that's the excitement. 
Sure. Uh, one of your big touch, in fact, your first touchdown was thrown to you by Tom Flores. <laughs> what has it meant to see Tom Flores go into the Hall of Fame? It, you know what? It, it's, it, it meant the world to me. You know, because I know, number one, uh, here's a guy that had a track record as a coach that was just as good as anybody that's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, unbelievable. And to go this many years uh, and waiting, it, to me, it was embarrassing. And, I, and I've made my comments about, about the, uh, the voters. I mean, you know, what are they doing? What are they looking at? What the hell's going on here? And, and to play with Tom when I first started as a young guy and then have him come back years and be my coach and coaching, uh, it was amazing. You know, I was I was thrilled. I mean, it, it was, you know, I was happy for Tom. I really was, uh, you know, sincerely happy for him because I know how much it meant to him, and how well not not only how much it meant to him, how how much he deserved it. You know, it wasn't like he, you know, some it wasn't like he didn't deserve it. He deserved that. And now Cliff Branch, oh, possibly man. coming yeah. into the next year. I mean, as wide receivers, you know it. Well, just tell me a bit about your hopes for Cliff Branch for possibly making the Hall of Fame this year. Well, first of all, I miss Cliff. We're dear, dear friends. Uh, we played together for a number of years. We were great friends playing together off the field. And the guy is a hell of a player. Uh, last year, when his name came up, and then this year, again, I went through and looked at a lot of statistics. Yeah. and. You would be shocked. Uh, his statistics, basically, except for maybe two guys, match everybody else's that's in the Hall of Fame. And I, I, I never did that. So I did it this year, and I go, why the hell is this guy in the Hall of Fame, which I always felt he should be, yeah. you know? And it's, again, with these voters, you know? And he'll get in, you know? If he didn't get in, there would be a lot of people, I don't want to say the word, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame, but, though. It's a shame. It yeah, it, 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 you know what? It, it yeah. is a shame because, you know what? He, he, was, he was such an outstanding player. Mm -hmm. And like I said, he made an impact on the game. Yeah. You know, he made a difference on... When he walked on the field, he, he was a difference maker, you know? And he was the guy, he was the guy that was going to help you win a game. The bottom line, and... and uh, he was the guy that defenses were afraid of. Yeah. I mean, you know, they, they were afraid of him. You know, you had to, when you when Cliff was on that field, you know what? You had to pray that he on this play he wouldn't run by somebody. <laughs> All right, but you knew in the back of your head when you're calling those defensive coverages, if you call the coverage wrong, he's he's going by somebody. <laughs> See you later. That's why in Oakland they had speed kills twenty one. <laughs> That's it. For you, it was always the route running, precise, the sure. precision, yeah. the sure-handedness that you had out there. If you could just kind of reflect a little bit for me on what it was like, Al Davis coming up to you after 194 receiving yards you had in that bowl game and then signing you like under the goalpost. What was that memory, of, of what, your memories of that? You know, it happened so quick, you don't know what the hell happened. But no, you know something, uh, I had the opportunity to come out to California, and I did it, uh, much to everybody's surprise, because I'm from Pennsylvania, wanted me to, I got drafted by Detroit also, 
wanted me to go to Detroit. But you know what? Knowing the AFL at that time and throwing the football, and of course, you know, being with Al and uh, that scenario, and I said, hell, I'm going there. You know, I'm going to go out there where they throw the football, you know, and with a guy that uh, he's probably the only one than myself that hated to lose. That when you lost, you hated everybody. <laughs> you hated everybody when you lost. And then when you won, it was on to the next game, you know. The, the, the wins were great. You celebrate the wins close, and then you're on to the next game. And you don't dwell on anything. And what, that's one great thing I learned from Al is, you know what? You got to, hey, if you want to play this game, you got to be tough. And you got to spend the time at that craft that you're doing. And I loved the, the period of time I played. I, I loved it. I mean, it was, you know, I had my place in a passing game. And I worked at it. Who this, uh, in this team, you mentioned the wide receivers, who in this team would you say, like, really stands out to you? Uh, whether it's Henry Ruggs or Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, who really well, stood out? Well, they all do. You know, Edwards, you know, Hunter, Ruggs, Waller. I mean, they all stand out for me, you know. The thing that's happened is that all of them are getting better, you know. From a year ago, it was like, okay, you see a little bit here, you see a little bit. Well, Waller was always there, all right. But the other guys were, it wasn't like they were catching up. It was just that they were young and they were growing. All of a sudden, these guys pop up this year. Man, it's a play here, a play there. It's a, a, unbelievable. And to watch these guys play, it, it's amazing. And, uh, and they're young. They're a good group. They work hard. They're tough. And they go out there. And when you need a play, I mean, they're, they're gonna, they all got heart. They're going to make a play for you. You know, you give them that opportunity, they'll, you know, they'll put a stake in other, other people's hearts, man. Believe me, believe me. They have a lot of heart, and they got, they got a lot of uh, dorong, all right, to go out there and, and get beat up, get knocked around, everything, and get back up and play, you know? It's amazing. Just a couple more for you. I wanted to ask about your wine, Bolitnikov 25. Yeah, You're now the purveyor. What is that? <laughs> Purveying the wine. Well, we started in March, so okay. we're fairly young, but we're going good. We're here at the M Hotel. We're in the wines in here at Legion Stadium, and so we're growing slowly but surely. But the wine's good. The wine, the, you know what? When you listen, when you have a label like that, the wine better be good. All right. If there's a bold number, yeah, the 25 yeah. there. You see that? You go. Okay, am I just buying a label or what? Okay, but the wine, the wine is very good. Yeah, good. The wine is very good. That's that's one thing I'm proud of is the fact that I know that when people buy the wine, the, the white or the red, it's it's good. And last thing is, is how can Raider Nation get involved if they wanted to with the Crab Fest and the yeah. event happening here on the 22nd? Well, you go on Boletnikov.org, and Angela has everything set up there. You just go to events, and it'll show you everything we're doing. And it'll show you exactly how to, you know, buy the tickets for, for the crab feed, and uh, and just do that. That's simple, you know. And then if you if you can't do anything, get somebody to help you. <laughs> but yeah, that's where you go on Boletnikov.org. Yeah, and then you know you'll you'll see our Boletnikov wines. She has everything in categories, so it's easy. Yeah, but that's what people need to do. Thank you so much for the time. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so it. much for the time. Thank I you. appreciate you coming out here. Absolutely. Thank you. 
I'd like to thank him as well as Tashawn Reed for coming on the show to talk about everything that's going on right now with the Raiders. I'll be back next week with another new lineup. So always make sure to hit subscribe wherever you're listening. Check out VegasNation.com as well for all of our latest articles and for all of our great staff that really keeps you up to date in the moment with insider information and all the latest on what's happening with the Raiders. We've got it for you there on VegasNation.com. Thanks everybody today so much for listening. I'll be back next week. Locals know the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the STN Sports app today. Download and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up at any of our convenient locations.